ComC is your home to buy, sell, and flip all the hottest trading cards. We're getting close to another baseball season, and ComC has announced the MLB leadoff submission promo to celebrate. You can get 30% off select and elite baseball submissions up through March 8th. That includes 2023 Bowman Draft, 2023 Bowman's Best, Bowman Draft Sapphire, and this next month's Top Series 1. You can get those select submissions for as low as 35 cents per card. Check out comc.com for all the details. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. I am on week two of my new sorting and listing project. A couple weeks ago, I picked up my most recent collection from an LCS in our area who was just looking to get rid of some bulk. There was about 130 rows worth of baseball, basketball, football, and racing cards that were just kind of unsorted base and insert type stuff that I'm going to be going through. I think there's probably close to 75,000 cards there, many of which will end up on sport lots. So looking forward to getting a lot of fresh sport lots inventory in the coming weeks, but it is going to take a while to get that sorted. I'm not going to put pressure on myself to get it done right away. It'll be a good project over the next few months to get a box, get through it, get it sorted, get it listed, and continue making those sport lot sales. The other thing that was a part of this collection was a metal five shelf rack full of complete sets from the Junk Wax era. It actually ranged from 1980 to about 1993, 94, something like that was the most recent set. But there's a a handful of good sets in there from the early to mid 80s that'll sell for a decent amount. I'm a little bit concerned about what it's going to take to get rid of a lot of those sets from 88 to 91 where there's not a whole lot going on except for those 89s with the the Griffey Jr. rookies in them. But that's going to be a project. The Sport Lots inventory, that 130 rows of bulk, I believe that's probably going to be where my most profitable cards come from. Just the margins are so good there when you're spending a half a cent a card or whatever and then being able to sell them for 18 cents to a quarter on sport lots. Those sets are going to be, uh, I think they'll be a money maker, but they're going to be a little less of a, a profitable purchase or part of that purchase. But it's kind of like I had to take both. I would have preferred to leave the, the complete sets alone, but part of the deal was as a package deal. If I wanted to get that bulk, I had to buy those complete sets as well. So it is what it is, but it's going to give me some fresh inventory for the next several months, probably by the time they get up and get sold. I always like to open the show, giving you a little bit of a feel for some of the hobby activity that I've had over the last week or so, and that has been the hobby activity this past week. Our main topic today is going to be sharing a little bit from an article that I wrote for Hobby News Daily that was also taking a look back at a really old blog article that I wrote for waxpackhero.com back in January of 2018. And I titled this, The Hobby Rejected My Advice and Grew Anyway. Six years ago in January of 2018, I wrote this blog post that was titled, Five Suggestions to Improve the Sports Card Industry. I felt my ideas would benefit the collecting community and allow it to grow in the coming years. 
Now, during 2017, the signs of a sports card recovery were starting to bubble up. Aaron Judge had burst onto the scene and was one of the drivers that we saw for increased demand on the baseball side. More hobby content was starting to launch, and it seemed like more returning collectors like me were showing up on message boards, on different shows, and in hobby shops around the country. Well, the hobby powers that be took a look at my suggestions that I wrote, swatted them aside, and gave me a big Dikembe Mutombo finger wave. At least that's what they did for three of those suggestions. So for this episode, I wanted to take a look back, and I thought it might be fun to look at those ideas and see if I would have the same advice today, or if those last six years would change my perspective. Here's those ideas. Number five, get rid of exclusive licenses. (laughs) Well, not only did this not happen, you could argue that it got even worse. We still have exclusive licenses for all the major sports and entertainment products, and now we're headed towards one manufacturer owning more of those exclusive licenses. At the time of that original article, I said this. With the lack of competition, collectors have the perception that the manufacturer can do whatever they want with no accountability. And for the most part, they're right. If a company puts out a questionable product, we can either say, oh well, and continue to spend our hard-earned dollars on it, or we don't buy any of that sports cards anymore. In addition to pricing and accountability, the lack of competition impacts the creative process of card design and the types of products being produced. It becomes easy for marketing and customer service to take a back seat when their customers have no other options. Well, I'm still very confident with the concerns I've outlined with exclusive licenses, and I think several of these concerns have played out exactly like I've described. A lack of competition continues to hurt the collector. Number four, create more entry-level products. This was a call for manufacturers to not solely cater to hit chasers. My concerns were driven by the prices we were starting to see with sealed wax. I was especially concerned with mid to high end, that mix of products. Little did I know what was going to be coming for sealed wax in the next few years. We did get Topps Big League as a new low end product, which I really like. And a few Panini basketball and football releases had a heavy retail push, which allowed for a lower price point for at least a couple years. But the wax boom took even those base-level products to new highs. For a few years, the idea of affordable wax went right out the window. But collectors continued to gobble it up. The demand we saw for sealed wax grew despite the astronomical prices. That's come back down a little bit. We're starting to see some base-level products be much more affordable, even in a, a sealed environment, both at a retail level and at a hobby shop level. So we're starting to see a little bit of normalization there, which is nice. I would still like to see a few more entry-level products being produced. Number three, manufacturers work together to help build the hobby. This one's probably right up there with a suggestion about exclusive licenses. It did not happen. In my original article, I said manufacturers need to listen to the concerns of the retailers and their customers. Shops need coaching on how to develop a robust business plan that incorporates online and brick and mortar strategies. They need to learn how to build their social engagement, and the manufacturers can play a key role in helping that happen. Manufacturers can also lead when it comes to implementing a plan to get more people interested in collecting. There used to be an industry summit with all manufacturers represented. Now, each manufacturer does their own thing. 
That makes it difficult to build excitement and create a healthy culture in the industry. Well, six years after my call for manufacturers to start working together to help build the industry, all we have is them suing each other multiple times. The Industry Summit and the Mint Collective could have been opportunities to bring all segments of the hobby ecosystem together to grow, to learn, to build excitement, but those events seem to now be defunct. Tops and Upper Deck continue to have their own events. I don't think we're going to see manufacturers working together anytime soon. Number two, I said quit complaining and adapt. Now, while my first three suggestions were primarily targeted towards manufacturers, the last two were more focused on hobby shops and collectors. The need to continue to learn and adapt was absolutely necessary with the change we saw in the hobby over the last few years. The shops and the collectors who were able to adapt have had some of the best collecting years of their lifetimes. The ones that didn't adapt have been complaining nonstop since 2020. And finally, I said, collect what you like. The quote was this, we need to quit putting each other down for what we like to collect and the way that we like to collect it. Just because you may not like a product doesn't mean other people can't love it. That's how I started that section, and to be honest, I needed to listen to my own advice a few times over the last several years. There were times I was having trouble adapting to some of the changes the hobby was seeing. However, I do think some of the growth we saw over the last several years was because there was a ton of people who were embracing the collect-what-you-like mentality. That allowed for pretty much every segment of the hobby to grow. There's no question that the hobby has grown over these last six years. And while I still think my suggestions would be a positive for the hobby, clearly they weren't required for that growth to happen. Are we going to see continued growth over the next six years? I don't know. But I believe that we have more people collecting cards today than we did in 2018. And I know there continues to be a huge untapped market of sports and entertainment fans across the world who don't currently collect cards. Will we be able to help more of those fans see how collecting cards can add to their fan experience? How it can help connect them to their favorite game, athlete, or star? If so, I think we're in for a great future. What do you think about my five suggestions? Do you think that they would have been helpful? Do you think if we took them now that it would take things even further? Or do you think it's going to be like the last six years where, yeah, they'd be nice to have, but they're not necessary for growth? Or maybe you think they're completely off base and you think it's fine just the way it is. I would love to know what you think. Reach out to me on Twitter. Send me an email at waxpackhero at gmail.com. Find me on TikTok, Instagram, or threads at waxpackhero. And let me know what you think about my five suggestions. Next week, I want you to come back for a different type of episode, something that I've never done before, but I think could be kind of fun. I am going to go through all of my eBay sales from the past week, and I am going to share what I sold, how much I sold it for, and if I can remember, I'll talk about how I acquired that item. I think it could be fun to take a look at the mix of cards, memorabilia, and the other types of things that I sell in my eBay store. It's not all cards. I buy and sell and flip a a variety of things in my store, and I thought it could be fun to take a look at a week's worth of sales on eBay. That is all I have for today, so I'll catch you next time.